Right, y'all, y'all pray for them while they're down there because uh, 60 songs, uh, if, if that'd be about se- uh, half an hour, would be about seven songs maybe. Uh, time you put all that stuff in there. They're going to be up there about seven, eight times the amount of time any preacher is going to be up there. So uh, to get up and do that kind of stuff in front of that many people for that length of time is an amazing thing. A lot of practice and effort goes into it. So y'all keep them in prayer while they're down there. Uh, it's a big part of what goes on. So then there's a couple other groups down there, Brother Evans and a few others that sing. So y'all just pray for the singing. That's, that's a big part of a meeting. Take your Bibles, go to Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 1. I love, I love uh, reading Solomon. Solomon's a good guy. He, uh, he understands a lot of stuff, but he says some things that I thought was interesting. And uh, well, I'm sure glad that things change over the time. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 12. Read just a couple verses and then uh, preach for a few minutes. I shouldn't be long today. That's what they always say, but I always say that. I try to really, I think that way, but it just doesn't work. I, the preacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. Uh, Solomon is talking about his rule and reign, and he goes, And I gave my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under the heaven. This storage veil hath God given to the sons of man to be exercised therewith. I have seen uh, all the works that are done under heaven, uh, under the sun, and uh, behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. That which is a crooked cannot be made straight. And that which is wanting cannot be numbered. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. I do pray that you bless this message. And Father, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Uh, I'm telling you, it's a, I read that last verse there. It says, that which is crooked cannot be made straight. And that which is wanting cannot be numbered. Uh, that is a very wise statement. But he says up here in, in verse 14, he says, I have seen all the works that are done under the sun. So Solomon's perspective is on the earth, under the sun, human life, all the stuff that he sees. He's, he's, he's looking at this thing from his perspective and all that stuff he's saying, when I watch and look at man, man is just crooked. The, uh, the title of this message, That Which Is Crooked. I mean, we got a crooked world, brother. I'm saying it's weird. It's weird as anything. Uh, you sit there looking and scratch your head like, what is that? And it's just crooked. There's nothing you can do about it. People are crooked. The world is crooked. And Solomon says the crooked. Number one, I like to say the serpent is crooked. Guess what? God made him that way. I, like, I was just sitting there reading some verses in the Bible. Job 26, 12 says this. He divided the sea with, with his power. Talking about God. And by his understanding, he smiteth the proud. He, by his spirit, he had garnished the heavens. His hand hath formed the crooked serpent. So the devil was put here because God stuck him here. You, can't, you know what you got to do? You got to learn how to live in that environment that you're in. But there's some other things. I'll get to it in a few minutes. Don't, it's not all negative. This is, this is just the first part. Hopefully I can slide right through it. The phrase under the, sun, under the sun occurs 27 times in your Bible. All 27 times are in the book of Ecclesiastes. And it's Solomon looking at what he has seen. That guy tried everything he could possibly try. You couldn't try. I mean, he had all the money in the world to do it. If he was today, I mean, he would be doing anything he wanted to do, and he did it. And when he got to the end of that thing, he said, under the sun, I tried this. Under the sun, I tried this. Under the sun, I tried that. Under the sun. Everything I've seen is under the sun. No matter how much money you give, it's all vanity. No matter how much you do, it's vexation of spirit. It, it tears you down under the sun. Under the sun, that's what he's saying. So when you read this thing, and what I'm saying here, I'm talking about the world. And what we live in, we're living, and what we notice and what God said is he said he made the crooked serpent. 
You know what Satan does is he's the God of this world. I'll talk about that in just a second real briefly. Uh, Satan didn't start out that way. Satan started out in Ezekiel 28, 14, says, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I had set thee so. Satan was the number one cherub in heaven. Number one. I mean, that guy wasn't number 10 or 15 out of the innumerable. I mean, you got an innumerable number of angels. He's number one. He's number one. And he went bad. But the Lord said, I formed the crooked serpent. The Lord knew that he was going to go bad when he went bad. The Lord knew the day he was going to go bad when he went bad. The Lord knew that when he created that, it was going to happen. But that was going to happen under the sun. Satan wants to be the God of this world. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world, Satan, he owns this place. It's his. Now, he, they say we're supposed to use it and not abuse it, so we got to live in this world, that thing we call the world. we got to live here. we got to eat here. we got to work here. we got to do all of our stuff here, but we're not supposed to abuse it. We're supposed to use it and for his glory and his honor. Well, this world, I'll tell you what, you know what they need? They need a bunch of people that just stand up and live for Jesus. Now, I'm not telling you to get out in people's faces. You're wicked devil. I didn't say that. You need to live for Jesus. That's what you need to You need to sit there and say, get a relationship with him. Say, Lord, what would you have me to do? And if whatever he tells you to do, do it with all your might. And in years to come, as you go down through life, what you'll find out is he'll start tweaking that thing in your life. And he'll make it better and better. Pretty soon it becomes so easy. You, it's easy to do. Uh, I'm telling you what, brethren. But when you get to a place somewhere down the road, you start looking and say, Lord, nobody's doing it. You, you feel like Elijah. Or you feel like Isaiah or one of them guys, you know, just in Jeremiah, nobody's out there doing it, Lord. Ah, oh, shut up. There's 7,000 hadn't bowed the knee to Baal yet. You don't know where they're at. They could be all around you. As a matter of fact, you could be the worst of the bunch. You know what you got to do? Just sit there and say, I trust you, Lord, and keep living for Jesus. That's all you can do. Satan is sitting, he says, uh, 2 Corinthians, he said, but the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not. You know what Satan's job is? Is to blind people. The guy's crooked, man. He's just about as crooked as you get. And he's going to use anything that he can get that's crooked. Uh, his methods are to make everyone uh, crooked, just like him. He did that to Eve. Man, I can't believe that. Here's Eve. She's a nice lady. She's up there with Adam and Eve. I mean, they, they, they didn't have no problems. Uh, she never looked at another man. He never looked at another woman. They never wanted this. They never wanted that. They didn't want new cars, houses, or nothing. They didn't, they, none of that was there. You know what this guy did? Satan came into the Garden of Eden and did exactly what he could do to mess her up. His intent was to mess her up. He would have done Adam, but Adam, he probably figured it would be easier to get Eve. And he got Eve, and then Adam fell right suit, and then he takes over again. The guy's crooked. Satan is crooked. But you're not supposed to mess with him. I like Revelation 12, 9. He says right here, he says, and the great red dragon. Now, if you want to know what he looks like. He's a great red dragon, was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, and he was cast out into the earth. But the guy's crooked. Solomon says, I like the way he worded it. He goes, that which is crooked cannot be made straight. You could not straighten the devil out. God, God could not. There's no way he could do it. Satan removed that off the table when he did what he did, and the way he was made, there was no way God could do that. He would have to go against his nature to do that, and God's not going to do it. Satan is on his way. He's doomed. He's on his way. That's what Solomon noticed. Under the sun. If, you, if you're looking at things just under the sun today, you need to change some things about what you're looking at. Isaiah 27.1 says, I like this, and this will be the end of him. In that day, the Lord, with his sore and great and strong sword, shall punish Leviathan, that piercing serpent. Even Leviathan, that crooked serpent. Lord's called him crooked several times all through the Bible. He's crooked. 
And you know what you need to realize is the things he does is crooked. And the Lord tries to warn us all through there. Then you got men. Man, mankind is inherently crooked. Uh, you got to struggle not to be crooked. I mean, it is rough. They're, the advantages today are even harder than they were back then because you got so much at your fingertips and so much is given to you. In the ministry, it's really hard because all this stuff is given to you. You got to watch what you do with every. I, it's a blessing, man. We got a couple people, Sandy and, and uh, Jerry and a few others, uh, that, that watch every penny that is spent. It's really hard to be crooked with God's money here because they're watching, and Sandy's the worst of the whole bunch. Number one, she wants a stinking receipt for everything you do to the penny. She wants it, and it's, you know what that does? I, I, I tell you, I do this all the time. I make a mistake, man. It's, I guess you could be crooked still, but I got the church's stuff on this side, and I got my stuff on this side. And every now and then, like the other day, I pulled out my stuff on the, the church's stuff and went to Kroger's and went woohooing by mistake. But you'll see that. I know she will. She'll get me, uh, and Beth will get me because they'll go get all the receipts out of my van, and they'll go through and say, what is this? And then we'll have to pay her back, and she'll, she'll have a list of what we owe her, and back and forth. But you know what it does? It keeps you out of trouble. This world, if, if you, absolute power corrupts absolutely. That was an early English man came up with that 1857. I got his name down here, and I'll get it probably in a few minutes. But he came up with that saying, and he was the first one to really quote it, they say. And it's absolutely true. And his examples was the Pope. I used to be Catholic. Uh, the, the Pope is probably one of the most corrupt people on the face of this planet. Then you got, then he used Hitler and Napoleon and kind of lumped them all in there the same. But you get these people who reach control at here at a level somewhere, and pretty soon, like our government, you can't stop them. They'll do whatever they want. You look at our government. I, I have a couple of them things down here. Uh, Deuteronomy says, man is crooked. Deuteronomy 32.3, I better keep what, what I'm saying. Because I will publish the name of the Lord, ascribe ye greatness unto our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect, talking about God. For all, our, uh, all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. And that's a true statement about our Lord. That's exactly what he is. Then he goes, they have corrupted themselves. They talking about the nation of Israel and people there in the nation of Israel. But that applies to us just as well as, as it does to them. We corrupt ourselves. Man, inherently, without Jesus, you corrupt yourself. It, it, the, the flesh is the hardest thing to control. I like when you get over to Rome, Paul tries to separate that thing and says, the old man versus the new man, and you got these two here, and it's a fight. It's a struggle. Guess what? You're going to struggle with that your whole life. And as a Christian, that's one thing you struggle with. But the, the regular world don't have that. They don't have the, the new man on their side. They're just the old man, and the world has got them. The world, the flesh, and the devil's just got them. Man is, man's ways are crooked. Now Solomon, I'm going to start with Solomon right here, but I've got about three or four just going to buzz through. Solomon, the buck stops here. Solomon wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon was not a saved man. He was an Old Testament man. I believe he's in heaven. I don't have a problem with that. He had to do the things that Moses had to do. He had to do the things David had to do. He had to make the sacrifices, everything, just like everybody else had to do, all the way up to the death of Jesus Christ. But Solomon said, under the sun, I've noticed this. Solomon, 1 Kings eleven seven says, Then Solomon built a, a high place to Chemos. Solomon had a relation with God twice. God came down and talked to him twice. Once he gave Solomon exactly what Solomon asked for, and then he gave him all the riches and everything to make him wealthy. And then Solomon does this. It says, Then Solomon did, uh, built a high place for Chemos, the abomination of Moab, in the hill before Jerusalem. And for Molech, where they burnt babies, that stuff going on over there right now, Solomon did that exact same thing back then. 
That's what Moloch was. They said it was a big brass god-looking thing, and they'd bring the hands together and put the babies in it and then put it into a fire in its belly. I'm telling you what, brethren, the, the wickedness of man, man is crooked. Man is just a crooked thing. This world is full of, don't expect the world to do anything but bad. It's not going to do anything but bad. That thing over going on in the Middle East, up in Russia, in China, in Taiwan, uh, in Dayton, it shouldn't affect you one bit. Just make sure you're taken care of. Watch what you're doing. Uh, I had a police officer tell me one time, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Don't ever be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Intentionally. Sometimes it just happens. But don't intentionally go someplace you shouldn't be. Guess what? You're probably going to get in trouble if you do. It's, it's eventually going to get you. Uh, and he goes, and Moloch, the abomination of the children of Ammon. And likewise did he for all his strange wives. He had a thousand of them. What a crazy thing, man. And then all these women started changing his heart. Here's a man that met God twice in a dream. Met him twice. Got his answer twice. And then went off to the wayside. You know what Solomon did? He turned crooked. At the end of, at, at the end of Ecclesiastes, I'll read that real quick and then I'll move on. He says this. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment and every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil, under the sun. He's talking about under the sun. Once you get uh, man's crooked, Solomon was crooked, Cain was crooked, he killed his brother Abel. Uh, the whole world was crooked before Noah, and God had to kill the whole planet. Noah got through the thing. Uh, Aaron, Aaron made a golden calf. Oh, I just threw all this stuff in, and out popped his calf. Can you believe that, Moses? No, I don't believe that. And God was getting ready to kill you if it wasn't for me to tell him that. Don't lie to Aaron's lying to Moses. Aaron lied to himself. Aaron just deceived himself. There's no way you can take a bunch of gold, throw it in a fire, and a calf comes out. You may get a blob of gold coming out, but you ain't going to get no calf coming out of that thing. Aaron did that thing. Why? He let a bunch of people trick him. or He was just afraid. Moses wasn't anywhere to take the heat. So these people all wanted me to do this, so I did it for them so they'd leave me alone. Maybe Aaron should never have been in a position, but you know the Lord knew that. Man's ways are crooked. Then you get uh, Aaron did that, and, and most of the New Testament, Old Testament uh, uh, bishops, and, or not bishops, Pharisees and scribes, they're all, they're all crooked. They hung our Lord and Savior on the cross. 1857, that's when the Lord Acton, Acton said that. He goes, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Whenever the Pharisees got in charge, they didn't want to let go. And when they don't want to let go, now they're going to stop anybody. who It's just inherent in man. They're crooked. We're just crooked. Nations are crooked. Look at ours. Brother, I'm serious. If you don't see our nation as being messed up, I mean, here's our president of the United States, and his kids could do whatever they want to do. And it's if the news media is even close to being right, they broke like every law that you could possibly break, but it's okay. The other side does nothing close to that, but they do it, and everything they do is wrong. But if they get in power, probably they're going to do the same thing to the other side. It's crazy. It's crooked. When they use the FBI, CIA, and all this, you, there's no way you can win because it's crooked. I'm just talking about the United States. Our leaders, and most of them are embroiled in some kind of crooked corruption today, man. They're all just, they're just embroiled in that stuff. Our news media, did you got your news media? Somebody come up a few minutes ago and said, well, did you read it? No, I don't read the news. <laughs> I don't know if it's true. It's like reading Bazooka Joe bubblegum wrappers or something. I would rather, no, actually, that's encouraging if you read a You read a cartoon sometimes, and, and they're written po uh, political. I don't even read cartoons anymore. 
Uh, I, don't, I read my Bible. I figured my Bible, man, there's enough stuff in here. It's just it's like, this is crazy. Anyways, why well, read something that I don't know if it's true? This is true, crazy, but true. And Solomon is sitting there saying, you know, you can't believe anything. I don't even know if what's going on in Israel is really what's going on in Israel. Because I'm not there. Doug Waymar, I worked with him at that satellite station. He's deaf in this ear. And if you, no, he's deaf in this ear. And I watched Balovich, Commander Balovich, come up to Joe. And I don't know how he did this, but there's enough noise on this side that he couldn't hear him. And he'd be, blah, 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 blah. And Joe just never paid no attention. He might have been doing that on purpose. And then Balovich would eventually walk away. And I'd go up and talk to Joe. And Joe said, I don't believe Ronald Reagan's president of the United States. I said, what do you mean? Everybody knows he. He goes, nope, I don't believe it. I said, why? He goes, he said, I've never come and stood watch with me. And until he comes and stand a 12-hour watch with me, I don't believe Ronald Reagan even exists. I thought, well, that's pretty sharp, man. That's, that's pretty, that's hung with me over the years. Because just because somebody says something in the news media, it depends on the slant they want to do. They're crooked. They want to get masses to do whatever they want them to do. They're crooked. They're just as crooked as the day is long. You know, lakes, if, if you could possibly straighten out something, the Lord doesn't say you can't straighten out that which is crooked. Solomon said that. You can't do it. Rivers are crooked. You ever seen the Grand Canyon? Just as crooked as it could be. Water just goes, it seeks the easiest path. And crooked people seek the easiest path. Crooked is crooked. And there's just nothing you can do about it. You and I can never do anything about that thing. But the Bible says this. Well, I, I was going to talk about Russia, but Russia and Ukraine and China and Israel and Palestine and you name the country, South America, I don't care what you name, they're all crooked. Venezuela, they're all crooked. Everybody's crooked. We're lucky to be in the country we're in. Fortunate, fortunate, fortunate. I would not want, I've been all over this planet, I would not want to be anywhere else than right here in America. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else but right here in America, in Dayton. I was thinking about that the other day. I said, man, I don't know if I'd want to live in Columbus or Cincinnati. I, don't want, I know I don't want to live in Louisville anymore. That's where I was raised. Uh, there's no other place on this planet. I said, my wife is here. My kids are here. Uh, I don't have a dog, but if I had a dog, it would be here. Uh, my kids all got dogs. Some of y'all have all dogs. I said, at least everything, all that stuff is right here. Dayton is right where I'm supposed to be. What happens in Dayton is all I care about. And guess what? Half of Dayton's crooked. Man, about three, three quarters of Dayton is crooked. Probably 99% of Dayton is crooked. I mean, we're all crooked outside of Jesus Christ. Isaiah 42, 16 says this, And I will bring the blind by the way they knew not. I will lead, that's God talking, I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. You know what I found out in 1980 on the back portion? The Lord could take somebody who's crooked as I was and straighten him out. I was tickled pink, man, when I started reading this thing. I said, Lord, I said, Solomon noticed everything, but he kept saying under the sun, under the sun, under the sun. And every commentary he reads says, you got to keep in mind what Solomon says is under the sun. It's what he, he perceives or he sees or what he's tested or what he's done under the sun. And he's seen the outcome of those things. And, he, and the Lord allowed him to write that book and put it in your Bible, a holy Bible, so you could read the story of Solomon. And you can see that everything that he tried under the sun was vanity. You know why he wrote that? So that you might not do some of the things he did. And maybe get just a little closer to the one that he's talking about at the very end. And the Lord sits there and says over here in Luke, he says that again in Luke 3, uh, talking about John, I could re go read about John, but Luke 3, 2 says, the word of God in the middle of the verse there came unto John, the son of Zacharias in the wilderness. And he came into his, uh, 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 and he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism for re of repentance for the remission of sin. 
And, and it, as it is written in the book of the word of Isaiah, the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his pathway straight. Uh, make his path, uh, man, what happened here? And make his path, uh, pathway straight. Uh, every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hills shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The Lord says, I, I can straighten it out. You know, you got some problems in here today? God can straighten it out. It may take a while. It may take a couple days. <laughs> it may take a couple of years. It may take a couple of weeks. God can straighten it out. You know what you need to do is figure out how I can just trust him and put it in him. I know in the world nothing can be straightened out. This, this thing, uh, people say, well, did you hear about this? You, yeah, well, no, I didn't hear about it, but I really don't care about it anyways. It's not, I don't care. When it happens, if it happens like it's supposed, they say it's going to happen or it did happen, I don't even know if it really happened like that because I don't know if I can trust my news source. I don't know what I can trust unless I see it. And then if I see it, I'm so isolated into that little area, I don't know really if that's the truth anyways because of the bigger area I'm in. It's crazy stuff, brethren. When you start looking at a world thing, I'm like, it's, it's way too big for me. Uh, Dayton is too big for me. 131 Grange Hall where I live is too big for me. Uh, I think I'm just going to stop and say, Lord, show me what I need to do. And he goes, you just need to preach Sunday morning. How about that? I like Rahab the harlot. Well, could you imagine that lady? I've talked about her several times. I like Rahab. I like Rahab. I can't wait to get to heaven. I want to meet her. She's in Jericho. She's a harlot. Pretty. I mean, how would you like the Lord put your name in there? Mike the... I'm like, well, <laughs> well, I don't know about, I don't know about, I don't know about, I mean, Rahab didn't seem to have a problem with it. I mean, she's just like, yeah, man, I'm in, I'm in, I got in. I like, I like Rahab's just cool as anything, man. Look at this, the city, Rahab the heart, she just wanted to be straight. Go to, go to Joshua. Yeah, I mean, you want to see somebody who just wanted to get in something? I mean, she just wanted to get in. Uh, well, you know what's wrong with this? You got to stop sometimes. Did you, do you really want to get in? Man, some of these people, they were crooked. <laughs> and God made them straight, man. They wanted, this Old Testament. I got a couple Old Testament. Uh, uh, Joshua 2, 18. I'll be done here in just a second. Maybe. I'm lying. Maybe I got eight minutes. Maybe I can do this in eight minutes. 2, 2, 18. It says right here, it says, uh, as, uh, and behold, the two, the two spies are sitting there talking to her, Rahab the harlot. When we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet uh, thread in the window, uh, which thou did let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father. So he tells him, he tells him what to do. He said, if you do this, go to verse 21. And she said, according unto your words, be it so. So she's still talking to two men. And she sent them away and they departed and she bound the scarlet. She had a line in her window from the day one, man. She never dropped it down later on when they came. She said, no, no, I'm going to make sure about this thing. It's hanging out there. I don't care what anybody sees. I got this line hanging out. Somebody says, what's that line? I don't know, man. Could you imagine? I don't know what it's out there for. It's just out there. I think I dropped it out the window one day and keep forgetting to pick it up. I don't know. You know, she couldn't obviously say, well, one day the Jews are going to come in here and they're going to take over the land. If I got this line out my window, all you guys are going to die and I'm going to get out of this thing. No, she didn't do any of that stuff. She just, she got the line out the window because she's ready at any given time for them to pop up. I'm like, that's the kind of lady that wants to get in. You know what this lady, she was crooked and she got to become straight. You know that line that's hanging straight down is like straight all the way down. It's not crooked all over. The wind may blow it side to side sometimes, but that line, she'd walk over that window, I bet sometimes look at that window, make sure that line's still there. 
She probably had a whole box of spare, spare line right there, just in case something happened to my line. Somebody come by and some little kid come by and see that line, pull it down. She probably threw another one out. I have no idea. You know what she wanted? When she met those two men, she, she wanted to be straight. Her whole life has just never been what it should be. She lived in a crooked and perverse generation. That's all she knew. That's all she could understand. She didn't. And these two guys pop up one day and give her another opportunity. Boy, that lady jumped all over. I like Rahab. Rahab's good. Lucinia and Nineveh. I like Nineveh too. Nineveh is one of my favorite spots. If I ever go on a vacation trip overseas, I think I want to go try to find Nineveh. Uh, it's not there. It's all blown up. It's gone. I know it is. But, I mean, these people are sitting there just living in filth and wickedness all the time. Jonah didn't even want to go there because it's so wicked. He runs from God. God makes him go there. And it says in Jonah 3, 5, so the people of Nineveh believed God. Jonah comes through, and I've heard preachers preach on this thing, and they said, if you looked like Jonah when he got thrown up out of a fish's belly and you walk into a city, you would have got saved too. I said, no, I, I said, I don't think, I think these people had, a, they had something inside their heart that God reached down and he started moving in them, but he needed somebody to go in there and just push them over the edge and get them started. And when he did, the king all the way down to the animals, man, were in sackcloth and ashes. They got straight. It happened, it lasted for about 100 years. They didn't have what we have. I got something that's even better than all that. Matthew 20, 12, 41 says, The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. Jonah coming out, you bunch of Ninevites, oh, you're going to burn four days. You're going to burn, 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 burn. Boy, they got right. You know what's wrong with us today? We're not telling anybody. You're going to burn. You got an option, opportunity. Hell's this way. Heaven's that way. Naturally crooked world is going that way. We got somebody who will get us this way. And it's free. I like free, man. I love free. Free is, is even better than, than anything else. I mean, I, I went into, told my kids the other day, they, they all drink this coffee stuff, this espresso stuff. And I do too, a little bit every now and then. But I go into this place and, I, and you, a sleeve of like two bucks. And I'm in there, man. I'm like... There's like 40 sleeves. So I buy them all. Because I, I just, I'm addicted. I'm addicted. My wife knows I'm addicted. She needs to take all my cards away. Get me away from all these places. Uh, but I, I, mean, I come out there with coffee like this. I think coffee is the answer to all your problems in life. If you've got a problem, coffee will solve that problem. Uh, I mean, it'll just take care of everything you got. Uh, a good cup of strong coffee will just fix you right up. But Matthew, the men and them, they're going to rise. And Jesus says, and behold, a greater than Jonah is here. Man, today we got something greater than Jonah. <laughs> He's greater, man. The woman at the well. How about her, man? Five husbands. Some of us, not me, but I mean, some, some people have been like that. And uh, some of five wives, five husbands, ten husbands. They always made a, a joke about Elizabeth Taylor. I don't know how many times she got married, but uh, they didn't last very long. Most of those movie stars never last very long. They, about every three or four years they get a new one, and then they move on to the next one. But the woman at the well, she lived a life of hopelessness. Every day, man, she'd wake up in the morning and go to the well. I, I, I imagine there was something. If it was anything like what I went through from the time I was probably 12 to 22 before I got saved, I, every day is just like in my mind. I'm like, there's something missing, and I don't know what it is. I never could really feel part of this world, and I never did want to do what the world had to do. I've, I've always been this way. I just didn't care about this stuff. I was in it, but I wasn't in it. And I, some of these people ran in it. They lived in it. They just thrived in it. I could not thrive in it, could not live in it. Didn't want no really part of it, but that's all I knew. 
And this lady would get up and she'd go to the well every morning and she'd get the water. Maybe go back in the afternoon and get more water, whatever they needed. She'd go home, cook and everything else. And over the years, she had five husbands and, and however long each one of those lasted, if they lasted five or six, 10 years, you're, you're looking at 25, 30 years of her life. And one day she walks to the well and lo and behold, there's a guy sitting there and said, give me a drink. Well, you're no better than all the rest of the guys who I ever met. They just want me to give them something. She's like Rahab the harlot. He goes, I want to give you something. And boy, the next thing you know, she gets straightened. Something crooked is made straight. You ever been made straight? I've been made straight. You say, well, you don't look too straight. I said, yeah, I'm kind of bent like this. <laughs> I'm working on straightening that, but it keeps bending and it keeps growing and grew little, little. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Every day was just another day just to survive. Knowing her life was in sin until that day Jesus came. Boy, she got something special that day. She got straightened out, man. Then you got blind Bartimaeus. These are all Bible stories, just simple Bible stories. I could have chosen 100 other ones. Blind Bartimaeus every day, man. I don't know how long blind Bartimaeus was blind. He could have been blind since a kid. I haven't known that since he was born. He might have been blind 10 years. could have been blind 15 minutes. He was there, no, it was a couple days anyways because he would be there every day. They'd have to bring him out there or he'd have his stick. Have you ever seen somebody walk with a blind? I mean, I don't know how they do it without getting hurt. Uh, they, they have to learn their environments, everything. One of their senses, that, that's the main senses, is your, your sight. And every day he'd get there and he'd sit there and just beg for, for alms, just looking for some way to get through because he wasn't like the rest of us. He could go out and use your hands and work and do all the stuff he needed to do. He needed to eat. And he'd beg, beg every day. If he was there for a year, if he's there for two years, five years, who knows how long he was there. He would beg. And he would, whatever was given him, is that what he survived on? People probably stole from him. I can see little kids, man. Uh, you ever seen this? Kids are kids. And sometimes young, young kids or young kids are messed up just as much as really young kids are. But they'd go through and they'd kick his little tray and just be mean to him. And then all the money would fall over the place. He couldn't see where it was, so they'd steal it. It's hard telling what went on in that man's life. And every day he'd go out there and sit. And one day he went out there and, and a big old crowd started rumbling and he heard some stuff and they said something about Jesus coming by, and buddy, I'm telling you, man, that guy starts yelling. Because he now has an opportunity. You know what the Lord did? He made his path straight. Blind Bartimaeus couldn't see before that day. After that day, he saw. He says, oh, he, he makes the blind to see light. I mean, could you imagine his eyeballs opening up and seeing light? He's probably like, I need some Ray-Bans, man. I need something. To give me some light. He's probably doing this for like four or five hours after that. Just doing this, trying to get the light to let come in his eyeballs. I don't really believe that. I think the Lord hooked him right up. His eyes were perfect the moment he opened them up. He didn't have to wear shades. He didn't have to do nothing. They were perfect. But I think when the Lord does stuff, he does everything perfect. Then Jesus passed by and hooked him up. You know, some of us, we got problems. We got all kinds of problems. If you're in here today and you're lost, you're crooked. And you know what you need to do is be straightened. And there's only one way to get straightened. And that's the blood of Jesus Christ. There's just no other way. He said, if, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. He said, God had sent, he goes, uh, Christ died for our sins. Well, I remember reading that thing back in 1980. And I realized, I said, I looked up to the sky and said, hey, you're not guilty. I am. You never said, I mean, this thing is right. You know, you've got to get to the place where you actually believe God is God. I think, I don't even know how I believed that before I was saved. I just seen too much stuff. And I'm like, I said, if this thing is right, you're holy and pure and clean and, and you can't mess up. It has to be me. 
And I said, I'm the one that's messed up. I remember sitting on that back porch talking to him in the sky. My neighbors probably thought I was out of my mind. That's a wonder they didn't call the, the, the med squad. If, I don't know if Kentucky even had med squads back then. I don't know what they had. That was probably normal for somebody in Kentucky to act like that. <laughs> you hear people say all the time, you know, they marry your cousins and Ann. I, I mean, that's... A, <laughs> then, then they say, well, they're, they're from Kentucky. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I got it. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. I have no idea. But I'd sit there and yell up to the sky, man, and say, hey, you, did you ever do that? I knew I was crooked, and I didn't have a clue how to get straight. Those 10 leprous men, they were blind. Oh, they were leprous, not blind. But they're walking by one day, and here comes Jesus down the road, and they meet him. They stop. And he heals, and he said, what do y'all want? They want to be cleaned. And he cleanses. He goes, tell, go tell the priest and offer the, the offering for cleansing. And they head out, and on the way, I mean, they probably didn't get five feet away, and the leprosy dropped off of them. Just disappeared. Now, I, I mean, I've seen lepers where they lose their fingers and all that stuff, and it would surprise me one bit if they weren't, I don't know how far along they were with the disease, but that their fingers come back in front of them and their hands are all clean like baby skins like Naaman and all this other stuff, and they're sitting there, and this one guy comes back to Jesus, and he said, where's the nine? He said, did not I, did not I heal ten of you and only one of you come back? And that was a Samaritan. You know what that guy wanted? That, that one that came back, he wanted to get straightened. You know what the other nine, they really didn't care. They just wanted to get healed. This guy actually wanted to get straight. And you know what he got? He got straight that day. And he knew who straightened him. That's the greatest thing. And then there's me. 1980, I got saved. I got straightened. You say, well, are you still crooked as the day is? Uh, yeah, that may be true. I'm, I'm about as crooked as the, the, the Missouri River. Or the, the Ohio River does all this stuff in some spots and all these other rivers. But you know what? I got straightened. I got saved in 1980. And Jesus Christ straightened me. There is nobody else that can straighten you like Jesus. The world, Solomon, looked at everybody as the world as being crooked. The way Solomon worded that thing was an amazing way he worded it. He goes, that which is crooked cannot be made straight. And from his perspective, that was absolutely true. But from God's perspective, he can straighten anything. Boy, aren't you glad that 2,000 years ago that a man came and was born of a woman grew up to be a savior, went to the cross of Calvary for us, shed his blood on Calvary, died, went into the tomb, and he didn't stop there. Three days later, he comes up, and he says, anybody that wants to be straight can be straight. Amen. You say, oh, well, I've got problems in life. He can straighten out any problem you have. I got saved in 1980. Guess what? I've, I've had problems for 43 years, and I've just waited and watched him straighten them out. And he straightened this one out, and he straightened that one out. And sometimes it's taken years to straighten some of those problems out. But he'll straighten those problems out if you let him. He will work through those things. The first one is you got to straighten out your crookedness and get saved. The second one is then you got to know you're saved. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and we were sitting there talking back and forth. And there's so many churches out there that teach people that you get saved and you can lose it. You can get saved and you can lose it. I'm like, no, 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 no. I got saved forever and ever and ever and ever. Or I didn't get saved at all. You know what I did in 1985? I made sure, I got down on my knees, and I made sure I was saved. And when I finally got, I, I took a chick track, not a chick, it was a fellowship track. And I'm reading it back. I probably look stupid in heaven. But I'm sitting there, I can still, still see the couch, man, where I'm right next to the edge of the couch in my trailer in Norfolk, Virginia. Beth, Beth knows the couch I'm talking about. I'm sitting there reading this. I said, Lord, I didn't say all this when I got saved. I didn't say it just like that. This is fellowship tracks. They sell millions of these, billions 
trillions. I said, so I'm gonna, and I repeated everything on there. And when I got up, I said, <laughs> I said, so there, I said it. I still think I got saved on that back porch in Little Kentucky. Because that's where the change happened. You know what the Lord did me? He gave me the assurance right there. I waited five years. You know, you don't have to wait but two minutes to get assurance. He either saved you or he didn't. He said, I make the crooked ways straight. Are you straight today? Do you got problems today? Lord can straighten any problem out. He can, first of all, like I said, it's salvation. Next one, it's living and living for him. And you say, well, I've got this problem. I got that problem. There is people with problems all over this planet. That thing going on in Israel right now is a big problem. God could straighten all that out. He may be just doing that. You know what you got to do is learn how to trust him. I'm gonna, I like it. He says, Solomon said, I have seen all the works that are done under the sun. And behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. That which is crooked cannot be made straight. Lord changed that. The Lord said something totally different. I want to read what he said and then I'm done. He goes, and I, he goes, and crooked things, he goes, I will make darkness light before them and the crooked things straight. I'm glad he made me straight in 1980. If you're in here today and you're not straight, you know what you need to be is straight. And it's an easy thing. All you got to do is ask Jesus Christ, save your soul. That's it. You just confess your sins and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. You're the Savior. Save my soul. It's as simple as that. That boy down in, uh, in uh, Galveston did exactly that. We walked away, and, and we had to leave, and he had to go his way because he was still working. You know that boy got? I, I tried to give him assurance of salvation right there. I said, did, what did you do? He said, I trusted Jesus Christ. I said, for how long? He said, forever, and I left him with that. That's all I could leave him with. But you know our God's greater than us. You don't have to worry about the condition of how people are. And Well, I don't know. That isn't your concern. Your concern is, is when you get an opportunity to tell them about Jesus Christ, tell them. If you get an opportunity to help them, help them. But if you, all you get a chance to do is pass a track out, then you've done a great thing. Because if that person takes that track, he might actually meet somebody and say, Sir, could you tell me about this? Then just be ready to tell them. Have you trusted Christ today? I have. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Lord Solomon examined things under the heavens, under the sun, and everything he did was he looked under the sun, Lord. He couldn't do anything but that. That's all he had. And Lord, he knew you and had talked to you a couple times, and what he's seen under the sun, he had no way of solving, and everything was crooked to him. But Lord, 2,000 years ago on Calvary, you solved that problem. And Lord, you can, and only you can, make the crooked straight. Lord, thank you for those in here that are saved today that you made the crooked straight. Lord, if there's anyone in here, again, that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, today would be a great day for them to trust you. Lord, for the rest of us, Lord, with the problems that we have, uh, Lord, you can straighten out any problem. There's, I don't care how bad or how crooked it is beyond salvation, Lord, you can straighten all those problems. Sometimes we do things in our lives, Lord, that uh, help us or start us down the crooked path again. Lord, you can straighten those things out and get us back on the straight and narrow. Uh, Lord, again, thank you for your blessings today. Thank you for church to come to. Father, just thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for the song service, and thank you for everybody that came out. And Father, again, bless now. We'll praise you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. We'll, we'll take our hymnals and stand and sing hymn number 221. A couple